All right, I'm here with Flaw Legacy. Okay, I'm here with Flaw Legacy, and we're about to have a deep conversation about basically the life of a black man in America and how to survive. Um, so we're gonna get started. So Flaw Legacy, tell me about yourself. All right, well, first and foremost, I am no different than any other black man. And, that, and when I say that, I mean it from a standpoint of positivity. Uh, with that being said, I work two jobs. I got kids, I make sure that I take care of them. You know what I'm saying? I take care of my mother when I get a chance and I live alone. So with that being said, um, there's a stigma out there that black men don't do their stuff, but I do. Uh, where are you from? Born and raised in Miami, Florida. Carroll City, it's Miami Gardens now, but it's Carroll City. If, you, if you're from that era, it's Carroll City, it's not Miami Gardens. And tell me how it was growing up in Carroll City. Um, you know, it's, it's so crazy because where I grew up, there was there was a, a, a grocery store that was named Top Value that years prior to me even being born, or matter of fact, when I was born, when I was too young to know, it was Publix. So we was on the fringe of being in a decent neighborhood. However, we had you know Cubans, Cuban Americans on our on our block. However, maybe about three streets down. We grew up next to a notorious uh, drug-infested complex, um, and then not too far from there, I grew up next to uh, a a, uh, a very drug-infested complex named the Max Box. Um, that's like 42nd and 183rd, but they shut that down. Uh, but just to put it in perspective, that. It doesn't matter what street you're on, you can have the good and the bad no matter where you're from. How would you say, um, growing up in Carroll City, how has that molded you as a person today? You know what? Um, I don't think that it molded me in any regard. And, and the reason I say that is um, when you have a, a thought process of who you are, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've been through, you know, uh, honestly, I don't even have uh, much friends from that era. Um, there's a few people that I grew up in that, and on my block, but I don't have many friends from the neighborhood that I keep in contact with on a day-to-day basis. So with that being said, it didn't really mow me. It was just, I, I just witnessed things. You know what I'm saying? I just took mental notes, you know, and, and what I didn't want my kids to see. That's all. <clears throat> all right. And tell me about like your teenage years, you know, going in high school, getting out of high school, going to be a young man. Yeah, um, high school was dope. I went to four different high schools, been in a little trouble here and there. Um, college, college was cool, got my AA degree. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like there had to be a change in me. There was nothing that the, that life did 
from my twenties to even right now, that the light bulb hit. It has to be you. It is never anything in regards to, okay, I learned this at 20 or 25 or 22 or whatever the case would be. No, it's just you. You have to have the maturation. You got to say to yourself, all right, I'm ready to transition to something else. So there's nothing that happened. I had a good time and truth be told, if I wanted to have the same time I had when in my twenties, I could do it again. There's nothing that's stopping me, you know, but that's some bullshit, honestly, because I can do what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. That's, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freedom. Mm. Freedom. That that definitely is some bullshit. Not many people can do that. Exactly. A lot of people is stuck right now. Exactly. Stuck. Stuck. Like Chuck. <laughs> um, what would you say have been a moment that you describe like maybe not necessarily a worst moment, but something that you felt maybe set you back. Um, or I would say, okay, describe um, one of your biggest obstacles in life that you've experienced so far. My biggest obstacle in life is when my father passed. Um, you, I, I, you know, I can't speak for everybody else in life. You know, not everybody grew up with it, both parents, but I did. Um, and when my father passed away, I was, I was with him the moment he took his last breath and it, it made me feel like I was alone in the world. Crazy thing about it is I had my, I had my son, I had my daughter, um, I had my mother, I had my sister, but I felt I was alone because, um, I never, you know, like, I never show another man love like that, you know? And even though I had my son, like I never, I used to give my father kisses on his forehead every time I seen him. He embraced me, I embraced him, you know? So with that being said, it was so genuine, it was an unconditional love between me and him that, um, I felt like I lost a part of me when I lost him. So uh, it it, it put me in a very, very uncomfortable state. I started to look at people in my life and say, you know, are you, are you even worth being in my life? You know, because um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't put me in that state of my father, then why would you be, why would you even be here? So that was one of the biggest obstacles in my life. And I hope nobody has to go through that, ever. Tell me more about your dad. Like, how has he influenced you becoming a man? All right, so the crazy thing about this is my father, he was a stand-up guy, extremely stand-up guy. However, he did not teach me the things that I've learned on my own, which is odd because I give him all the glory. I love him. I, I, I praise him as my father. However, he lacks certain things, certain virtues. I work with a guy right now that's 18 years old. Not a black guy, not a Spanish guy, not a white guy. He's, he's Russian. And his father and him, his father 
gave him a property. Him and his father bought a property together and then he bought a property by himself. So with this gentleman, he's only 18 years old. And um, to work where I work, you have to have license and things of that nature through the state. So it's not, it's not, you know, just a fly by night type of spot. He's 18 years old. He's making real good money. Uh, good money for people in their 20s, people in their 30s, people in their 40s, people in their 50s. He's made at 18. And he has three properties, right? That's not something that my father taught me. Um, truth be told, I've had a conversation with my father when he was living, and I told him how I pay my bills, where I pay my bills first, everything first, and what was ever left over was my play money. And he looked at me like I just told him, like I just gave him the whole the whole Quran or something like that. Like his eyes got big and was like, that's smart. And in my head, I, I thought to myself, like, why would you say that to me? Why wouldn't you tell me to do it like that? You know? Um, but that's just the perspective of parents being providers and, and doing things of that nature. However, they not he didn't teach me how to be a man or, or no, he taught me how to be a man to be a stand-up guy. You know, never fold, 10 toes down, things of that nature. But it came to the logistics of being a man, being a human being, being an adult. Um, those are things that I had to learn on my own. And I had this conversation with my sibling and she felt the same way, that my mother nor my father taught us to be an adult. However, they showed us love, unconditional love. They showed us family. Family was first. And God willing, we were able to learn it on our own because me and my sister both are successful and we don't need anybody for anything. So um, with that being said, you know, when, when it comes from a genuine place, I guess it doesn't matter uh, your, 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 your parent to teach you things because no matter what, it's just going to come to you organically. Now, um, you said that you've taught yourself a lot of things and maybe have gotten some knowledge from people around you. Um, would you say that you, you manage your circle? Like, do you select who you do keep around you so you can keep on learning? Or do you feel like it doesn't matter? Like you're very so grounded, so grounded in your beliefs that you don't think people will somewhat influence your movements or your thoughts? All right. So um, I'm very... Very, I'm an introvert. Um, I think that time, energy, is all. Um, it's it's very value. It's very valuable, and I truly feel that certain people should be should not be worth your time. Um, family, friends, acquaintance, constituents, whatever the case may be. You have to utilize your time accordingly. 
because what happens is sometimes you 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 share yourself to people and then you become you become an octopus where you got eight limbs and you just here you're there and where's your where's your center you know where's your center where's your circumference where's your 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 embodiment where do you find yourself do you know yourself and i think that that's a problem in life where everybody's just trying to oh, i'm hanging with this person i'm hanging with that person because they want to be a part of something but the problem with it is is that you're you're spreading yourself thin because you're here you're there and you don't know who you are and when those people all gravitate to other people then who are you without them? You know, my 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 my, my biggest example of theory is um, when you go to the gym and you have a gym partner and y'all been going to the gym faithfully because y'all want to work out and y'all doing y'all thing and y'all y'all working out on a consistent basis and then that gym partner says I'm not going today because they don't feel good or they just don't want to go. Will you go? Will you go? 99% of the people will not go. And that the reason why is because the identity of you going to the gym is with that person. And now that that person's not going, now you feel naked. You feel naked. You feel lost without them. And the reason why you feel lost without them is because you never had the identity to begin with. And that's what happens when you spread yourself thin with friends, with this one and that one and that one and this one. And then when they gravitate to other people, now you're lost because you never be, you never gave yourself a chance to become your own person and know yourself. And that's a problem in life. Uh, would you say that that problem is one of the reasons why young men of color might stray, might not kind of find their way, you know what I mean? Like there's a, let me take that and reword it. Like for instance, like there's a lot of people of color right now that is succeeding, graduating college, moving on. And I do see like the younger generation, like they're more focused, but there is still such a bit big percentage of young black men out there that's just lost and part of it is home training but i can't say that's all of it but it seems to be a list of multiple factors and one of it is definitely just having the wrong friends a lot of them are followers not leaders you know what i mean you know um we all come from different backgrounds, right? And our parents have different um, stigmas or thought processes on what they feel is important, right? So there could be a, a, a young black male that grew up in my same era that his parents said that um, knowing to how to play an instrument is vital, right? So he may know how to play a clarinet, a flute, saxophone, piano, drums, a bass, 
whatever, right? However, it's not cool. You may be good at it, but it's not cool. Um, there may be somebody else that knew how to play chess or is good at math, things of that nature. However, because of the world that we live in, with the social media and things of that nature, and, and first of all, as a black man, we have to show dominance. We have to show prominence. We have to show that we are alpha. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a complex that is hard to maintain because as a black man, we got so much things against us that once you say, okay, I've, I've passed this, I've passed that, now I'm just showing you that I'm here. And then now you have to say to this black woman, I'm here in hope that it's okay. When you when she has drug dealers, rappers, football players, basketball players in her circumference, and here you are a guy that's making forty to sixty thousand dollars a year. It's not me, I'm just speaking in, in, in terms. I ain't saying I'm papered up, but I make more than that. But uh <laughs> But um, here you are, forty, sixty thousand dollars, and and you you doing a good job. However, it may not be enough, and I think that that's the problem, where the black man is not celebrated enough. But the quote of the day is, "Go where you celebrated, not where you tolerated." And sometimes, if you don't get taboo with this shit. Black guys go to another race where they're celebrating. Is it right? Hell no. Because I want my my origin and my race to be strengthened, not weakened. You know what I'm saying? But with that being said, if I'm not celebrated here, why should I stay here? I'm just tolerated. I know there's a lot of a lot of different things this you know, we're conditioned to think and do so many things in so many ways. And um, like young people, like you said, they just go with the fad. Like their parents might teach them certain values and things, but that might not be what the crowd is doing. So a lot of times they just kind of blend in to where they're gonna go, right? And what they're gonna do. And if we transition that to dating, um, a lot of young women now is about your paper, your bag, like how much money you got, you know, can you afford the Gucci slippers and and the Rolex and all of that stuff. And if you can't, then like, you know, for some young women, if they date somebody making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, um, they like, nah, he poor. There could be a guy on your social media page where he doing his thing, whatever the case may be. But he's sleeping on somebody's couch. He ain't got nobody, he ain't got a house, he ain't got an apartment. He's sleeping on somebody's couch where somebody been kicking his ass out every once in a while. But he jeweled up, he got a nice whip, he stayed fresh with the clothes and things of that nature. And that's appealing. But the problem is, is that there's no substance in life. And everybody's living off of the surface. Everybody's shallow house. 
And when you when you say this in regards to the young girls that, and it's the problem, it's the high value. Okay, a young lady went to school, got her degree. Now she's looking at it from a standpoint of, I need somebody that's higher than me. Well, let's meet in the middle. Why can't we meet in the middle? X. So that's my problem. Look, I can say this. I make a good salary, but I don't have Gucci purses for her. I don't even like... By like, choice, by choice. By by choice, because I choose to pay my bills. <laughs> but I did, there was a time that I, I could have easily bought some stuff and I decided not to. What I did was I invested in my business multiple times. I can't even tell how many times, but I can tell you over the years, you know, interacting with like Miami nightlife and stuff and meeting so many different people. Um, I had to stay grounded, not to, in order not to fall into that Miami trap. Cause there is a trap <laughs> for a lot of females. I see so many young females, they fly from New York or Chicago or whatever. And they so straight and narrow and, and really like grounded as women. And then they start to go out. They get pimped out. Yeah. Honestly, pimped out in so many different ways. And they get caught up. And by the time you look at them, they changed. Not for the better. And they get to a point where they just plateau or they decline. Or you just never see them again. You know what I mean? And like... I'm from where I'm from, from Brooklyn. It's like it was never about that shit. There was people that had their money that could wear guest jeans or wear the name brand shit back in the day. And then there was people who couldn't afford it, but it didn't matter. I don't need to tell nobody how much money I got, how much money I make, or whatever. Like, all I care about is my kids. I want my kids to boss up on me. I want my kids to live better than me. That's why I care. I want them to have a legacy. I'll spend all day talking to my kids and telling them how to make money. I don't care. Like for me, I just want to be happy, live take day to day. But a lot of these kids nowadays, they just so caught up in that social media and just fronting and trying to prove that they somebody that they really not. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, and like I said, the social media game is terrible because it's a perpetration of relationship. It's a perpetration of status. It's a perpetration of everything that you can think of because you can literally capture a moment that doesn't exist. You can capture a moment where you're in a in a luxury mall or store where you have on a $2,000 pair of shoes but you just trying on those $2,000 pair of shoes. You didn't buy them, but you captured it. You took a picture of it. So now everybody thinks that you got it. That's the world that we live in. We live in such a pretentious world. And I try to, I stay away from it. I don't believe in social media. I don't have the Facebooks and the IGs and all that. I don't do it, but that's my preference. And I know that that's the world that we live in because you're able to connect with so many different people. However, 
Who are you connecting with? Are you connecting with your affiliates? Are you connecting with somebody that's not living a life as you? You know, um, recently I read somewhere where this uh, social media uh, girl, she's been flaunting money here and there, but she just got evicted out of her place. And then there was another one where she's broke, where she had to give back two or three of her cars. And I said to myself, you would never know. You would never know because the act that you put on social media is that the money is limitless and the life is effortless. Listen, I'm a black man that lives alone, pays his mortgage by himself and work two jobs. I work hard as hell. It's not easy. Do I want to do it? No. Do I want to be a bum? Fuck yeah. Who the fuck is going to pay my bills? Nobody. And nobody wants to hear a black man whining about not fucking doing or not having enough money. They done heard it too long. And I don't want to be one of them. So with that being said, everybody asks me why I work so hard. Because I want to be able to do what the fuck I want to do when I do it. Period. There's nobody helping me with shit. Every day is a struggle. Every day. If it ain't making sure that I, I, I go to both jobs, it's making sure that my house is in order, my my, my, my clothes is washed, I gotta I, I cook myself a decent meal. Like the fuck? This is this this shit don't stop. This is a whole 24-hour situation. And if you're weak, you'll fucking kill yourself. Because it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. You will kill yourself if you're not built for this shit. But I'm built for this shit. I know what I want. I know what I want to do. And this is a lesson to the young cats that's coming up. It's nothing wrong with hard work, determination. You may not see it now. But as time goes on, the fruits from your labor will come. Not everybody's not like the cat that I told you about that was 18, Russian cat, where his pops gave him a property, him and his pops went in on a property, and he bought a property by himself. Those three properties, he's 18 years old. Most of our parents ain't put us on like that. However, if you listen to this podcast, you hear what I'm saying? I don't care how young you is, how old you is. Make a change. Make a change now. 